We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, what up? Welcome into another edition of Green with Envy. As always, this is your boy Will Weir checking in. How you doing? How you living? Joining me today to talk about the contract that finally came. The long night is over. It's my best friend, co-host, coach of the podcast, the one and only Greg Menakis. How you doing, buddy? Dude, not going to lie, like after I saw the breakdown of Jalen Brown and how much he's making, I felt really <laughs> bad about myself. <laughs> I was just like, I am not making anywhere near that money. And obviously, I'm not um, a superstar athlete, but still, I want to make more money. If Jalen Brown is making $70 million by the end of his contract, I need to add a couple zeros to, to my paychecks. I'll tell you that. Jalen Brown. Five years, $304 million super max, guaranteed, fully guaranteed, no player options. There is a trade kicker, uh, five-year contract. And just, just to lay it out, Greg, here's the breakdown year by year of what this man is about to make to play the game of basketball. $52 million. 56 million, 60 million, 64 million, and then 69 million in the year 2028, 2029, nearly 70 million dollars for one year of basketball. Man, that is some, you know, shout out to JB. That is some legit generational wealth. That is jaw dropping to look at, even though we've been talking about it. We've been wondering when it's going to happen, but just seeing the numbers actually play out, I cannot imagine the feeling signing a contract that, that guarantees you this type of money. It's got to feel surreal, man. Like when I get a commission check, because we're in sales, when I get a commission check that's, you know, I don't know, twice my my base salary or whatever mm -hmm. it would be, I'm always like, yeah, boy, I'm making that money. Let's go. Let me go get a new pair of Jason Tatum shoes. <laughs> when are the Jalen Brown shoes going to drop? Is he going to start his own shoe line? Like what's going on with this well, money? What is Jalen Brown going to invest in because you know that man is already scheming to triple this money. Well, here's the thing. This is what I was thinking was, you know, looking at these numbers, 
this kind of feels like that age old question, like when the lottery gets super high and everyone's rushing out to go play and all of a sudden, you know, every, everybody's buying five tickets. And so the odds are even lower than they usually are because it's, you know, $700 million or whatever the jackpot is. And then everyone of course starts talking, man, what would you do if you won? What would you do? You know? And, you know, I'll ask you, Greg, what, what would you do if you had Jalen Brown's contract and don't give me the, you know, I'm going to buy my parents a car or a house. That'd be nice. But I know your parents, they have a car they have houses what would you what would you really do with that money oh man that is a great question um i mean first thing i do is probably travel the world and hook the homies up and be like y'all next year off it, like next year's on me just like come with me <laughs> let's travel the world i'm gonna give you each i don't know hundred thousand dollars just to to you know two hundred thousand dollars take the year off of work you know, come travel, all expenses. I, I like got you, you. I like that you doubled it. You, you put a number out and then you doubled it. <laughs> yeah, why not, man? It's hypothetical money. You know, yeah, we're just yeah. playing with it right now. How about you, man? I travel the world, my homies. You'd be, you'd I mean, be I mean, involved, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and same here. You know, I mean, I mean, hooking up the homies is, is definitely the number one thing when this question has come up for me personally that I'd always like to do. I mean, a part of that is just, you know, reinvesting into our network that we have here with Adam, the three man weave and, you know, really trying to bring in everybody that, that we'd love to work with. And like, you know, let's just make this our thing. Like we got the capital now let's, let's go ahead and turn this into something. We come up with something, we brainstorm, come up with something. But you know, the first thing I always say, if I, if I were to ever win the lottery in any capacity, is kind of what you're saying. I feel like I need to just take a moment and celebrate with those closest to me. And that's, yo, we going on a private jet, we hitting up an island. I might buy an island. I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and, and we're just going to take this all in because this is a win. You know, it feels like it'd be a win for the team, right? It's a team win. It's not just an individual win. It's a team win if you get some type of glow up like this. And, you know, we saw with Jalen Brown, and this is one of the reasons that anytime trading him comes up and whether it's just a fun conversation or if it's a realistic thing that you know like with kevin durant that was out there that makes it tough is that this dude you know thinks on such a higher plane than you and i just going to party with our friends and hook the homies up like this guy was in dorchester you know you know um doing that court ceremony the other day like i feel like jalen brown's first instinct is probably something more along the lines of how can I emulate LeBron and Jalen Rose who created schools and educational systems? Like let's that's take, where I think, yeah, let's take the double rims off of every outdoor court in America. <laughs> that's a good start. That's a, that's a, that's a good platform to run on. You know, if, if you're running for any type of office, I fully support that. Although I'm, I'm pretty bougie that I don't really play outdoors anymore. So even though it doesn't benefit me, I still support that. I still support that, that initiative, but you know, for Jalen Brown, man, this is a hell of a contract for the Celtics. This is a hell of an investment. This is a hell of an investment. We knew it was probably coming. We kept hearing, we talked about this in the last pod, you know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, you know, had to get this and that. Seems like, you know, it really came down to, is there going to be a player option, trade kicker, you know, what that looks like. Looks like the trade kicker is not for the full 15% that it is in some contracts. I haven't seen what percentage that might be, but that gives Jalen a little bit of leverage should there be a time where where maybe he's moved. And, you know, Greg, let me ask you, from a, from a Celtics perspective, now that it's official, now that mm -hmm. it's no longer hypothetical, do you think this was an easy decision to just to, to go ahead and get this done? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know why you would pinch pennies at this point with Jalen Brown. Um, 
especially when you look around the league and we talked about this, you know, the, the first day of free agency where all those guys were signing their extensions. Jalen Brown is just as good, if not better than every single guy that signed an extension. Um, just because he's at a different point in his career than some of those guys and the cap is going up now, all of a sudden you're saying Jalen Brown has the biggest contract in NBA history. You know, next year that won't be the case. Someone's going to get more money than he got uh, this summer with yeah. the, if the cap continues yeah, to that, increase. Real quick, that yeah. line is going to get so tired of oh this like if Jalen Brown has one bad game, oh this is the most this is the you know most expensive player in NBA history. This guy, it's going to get so annoying so quickly but like you said it's only going to be a very temporary feeling like mike conley at one point was the highest paid player in nba yeah. history for like five or six months and then it changes it's, it's a it's a timing thing but i i'm gonna get really annoyed with that retort on on social media pretty quickly during the season well if we end up making a, a trip back to boston to watch any games and we uh, go to the same place where we watched the games where we went to the the Knicks and the Lakers games, and if we sit next to the same two guys that we sat next to, you know they're gonna be oh, there's your all star, huh? There's yep. your second team All NBA guy. <laughs> well done, highest played player in the NBA. Like get out of here with your bum ass, Jalen Brown. You're gonna be hearing a lot of that if Jalen Brown doesn't live up to the contract. Not that he kind of ever can live up to the contract because the expectations are just going to be right. so high around him. Go ahead. Go ahead. And no, that's a, that's a super important point of all this, right? Like Jalen Brown's last contract, he outplayed that. Oh, and yeah. there's going to be people who are saying, well, he's not now it's, it's impossible for him to outplay this contract. Like this, he is never going to live up to being a $300 million player. It, it's just a fact. Like that's just, it's never going to be that, oh yeah, Jalen Brown was worth 70 million, but this is the market rate. This is the market rate for a championship team. And something I've been saying all along is I'm comfortable paying Jalen Brown this money because you have Jason Tatum and Jason Tatum is going to surpass what this is. So it's going to be, you know, your number one, your number two, they're going to line up on your books financially, even though it's going to be just bonkers looking at at one point you know 120 million or whatever it's going to end up being for two guys but it's going to line up that tatum will be your number one most expensive guy jalen brown your number two and there's zero chance that jalen brown outplays or even lives up to this contract and so i think that's where it does get interesting just in the sense of you know Right now, Greg, this contract is for five years. He's got one more on his current deal. So six more years that right now he is slated to be a Boston Celtic. In six years, give me a percentage breakdown that you think he actually lives out this contract as a Boston Celtic versus at some point in the next six, six years he gets moved. I think it all depends on team success, right? If the Celtics don't win an NBA title within the next two years, yeah. um, so at the end of his first year on the extension and end of 24-25, I would say the Celtics probably trade him 25-26 or 26-27, right? Because if, if he proves not to be um, a perennial second team all nba type guy you know there's so many fringe all nba in the all nba discussion year in and year out that is one thing that you really want to see moving forward absolutely if he if he doesn't prove to be that guy if 
for whatever reason, the um, the decline that we saw in his jump shot towards the end of last season, if that is a trend that continues, um, if obviously the playmaking and turnover issues, he has pretty much uh, even assisted turnover ratio in his career. If he doesn't figure out a way to either become great at his strengths or improve his weaknesses, then that's going to be really difficult for um, the Celtics to just continue to build around a team of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown with all of the cap implications, right? If, if we can't win it, but if Jalen becomes the best possible version of what he already is with his strengths, right. And never improves on his weaknesses. I still think that that player is worth this contract, right? If Jalen Brown becomes, um, you know, the, a mix between DeMar DeRozan and Kobe Bryant, like somewhere in there, you know, he, he's not DeMar DeRozan because you don't want to pay DeMar DeRozan $70 million in a contract year. You would never do that. Um, but you would definitely pay Kobe Bryant that much money, right? So if, if he can fill somewhere in between those two and be the defensive pest that he's been in the past, um, if he can kind of rediscover what made him special on the defensive end early in his career, then I do think that there's a chance Jalen could, um, the contract won't be like um, the Tobias Harris type level where everyone just yeah. talked about how, how you can't, this is what happens if you give a guy like Tobias Harris this much money, you're never going to be able to build a championship roster. I don't think Jalen will ever be in that type of conversation. You'll be able to move this contract. And like you said, the important part is right now, and it's still always going to be a very high number, but as the cap is right now projected to kind of jump up 10% for the next couple of seasons at each season over season, like it's going to be less and less of that percentage. And really it's the tax line that the Celtics care about when you're, when you're in the championship discussion, you care about that tax line. So, you know, their contracts are going to be, and this is why you said those next two years are the most important two years in, in Celtics. It's not in Celtics history, but in a long time, these next two years are pivotal because when you hit three years from now and you're going into that season where Tatum's extension is kicking in, Jalen Brown's is already kicked in, and you have $30 million tied up with Chris Dapps, Porzingis. Estimate, I saw this in an article earlier today, estimated for that season roughly about 90% of your cap is tied up with those three guys. So either it's worth it to get real deep into the tax and Wick and the other ownership group is just saying, whatever, we're writing checks, we're going for a three-peat or we're going for back-to-back or whatever it might be, or there's got to be some real, real tough decisions that are going to have to be made. So that makes it super important for these next two years. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You know, one other thing I wanted to, I wanted to go by you, Greg. Here is that I think this contract here is so crazy. So Jalen is now the first three hundred million dollar basketball player, but it puts him in pretty rarefied air across all sports. So, and especially because of the constraints of the NBA. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go through. I'm just gonna read to you right now. These are all of the current three hundred million dollar players in the big four sports in the U.S. So right now, and I'm going to read you the the length of their contract, too, just for some perspective. So we've got Trey Turner, 11 years, 300 million. We've got Jalen Brown, five years, 300, 304 million. Raphael Deber, shout out to our guy here, 10 years, 313. Garrett Cole, nine years, 324. Corey Seager, 10 years, 325. Giancarlo Stanton, 13 years, 325. Bryce Harper, 13 years, 330. Fernando Tatis Jr., 14 years, 340. Francisco Lindor, 10 years, 341. Uh, Manny Machado, 11 years, 350. Aaron Judge, nine years, 360. Mookie Betch, uh, the one that got away, 12 years, 365. Mike Trout, 12 years, 426. And Pat Mahomes, 10 years, 450. So with that, Jalen Brown is now going to be on a per-year basis, not total, but per-year basis, the highest-paid athlete in U.S. sports history. So add that to the list of what of what you could talk about now obviously that will be surpassed so on average that comes out to 60 million of course which went over the tiers but Mm -hmm. that's going to be the average breakdown that is a crazy list for Jalen Brown to be on obviously very baseball heavy on that list but Pat Mahomes Jalen Brown the two non-baseball players that made that list yeah but like when we the more we talk about it like the more (laughs) I I just want to know what Jalen Brown is feeling other than like pure elation of putting his name, that signature on that contract, or maybe he docu-signed. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know how that works. But, but with, with JB, like right now, do you think it's pure excitement? Do you think he is feeling any sort of imposter syndrome? Like the weight of that contract? Do you think he's feeling that anxiety? I just really want to know, and I'm excited to um, kind of just hear his thoughts on, on signing the contract. And I hope at some point we get you know, uh, a Grant Williams type media circuit out of Jalen Brown where he hits the podcast scene and uh, maybe we could even steal a piece of that pie. 
Yeah, we gotta we gotta slide in those DMs. Although those DMs are probably blocked right now. I'm sure. Well, did you did you see uh, Rob Williams and Grant I was, Williams? I was just about to bring that up. I didn't see Grant. I saw Rob though. Did, did Grant have the same thing trying to Facetime him? Yeah, and Facetime unavailable right now. Jalen Brown <laughs> is out celebrating somewhere, hopefully with his family, with his loved ones, because they, as you said, have generational wealth. And Will, you were just talking about those contracts. What about the Killian Mbappe contract or the bid that Saudi Arabia is is throwing out there? Uh, for for Mbappe, like over, th- I think it's like over three hundred million just for it's one so year. Stupid, yeah. It's the yeah, but I, I left out the Messi Ronaldo deals and all that because they're it's just so effing insane. Like I can't even. I love. Comprehend I love that. my one of my favorite parts of the podcast is when you just decide to filter yourself. There's sometimes where you'll <laughs> drop an f bomb, and I'm like, I feel like that was maybe a little uncalled for. Like we didn't need to go that heavy on on the on the f bomb, and then here you drop the f. And <laughs> I don't even know. I don't like. I, it's all right about now, mood. It's, dude, it's all about mood. If there's any time to drop an f bomb, I feel like it's it's right now. Where we're talking about Jalen Brown getting three hundred million dollars and all these guys getting all right this money. Will, we need and at the. I was thinking about this when I saw when I was looking at the breakdown of Jalen Brown's contract twenty eight twenty nine. Where is Green with Envy going to be? Ooh, that is a great question. Hopefully. We're somewhere in the in the Jalen Brown ecosystem, so that we're feeding off that seventy mil. Hopefully, somehow we've 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 attached our wagon to the Jalen Brown ecosystem, and we're 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 hovering somewhere around that piece of the pie. I don't know. That's that's a great question, but you know, we can only hope to grow the brand. The brand is growing. The brand is strong, but we only can hope to grow it to uh, to a level like that one day, one day. Uh, but no, shout out to Jalen Brown. This is long time coming. Glad that we can get rid of the anxiety of it's not official until it's official. It's now official. Celtics offseason basically complete at this point. Maybe a few more vet signings along the way. So we'll keep you posted on that and we will have updates for you. But on the other side of this, we wanted to give y'all a little sneak preview into some new content that we're going to be rolling out in our YouTube page. These are going to be called Green with Envy Quick Hits. We've already got at least one of them up on our YouTube page if you want to go check that out regarding the Austin Rivers potential rumor as one of those vet minimum signings. Coming up here on the other side of this break, it's myself, it's Adam Taylor, and we head to the barbershop to go talk about Paul Pierce versus Dwayne Wade, part two. Oh. It's resurfacing here. Wait, before before we kick it to that, um, can I just like give my thoughts on that real quick? Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't have a chance to get with you guys earlier. So like, and I'm sure you you will. I haven't listened to what you guys talked about, so I have no idea. But, you know, everybody knows the context of of Paul Pierce and Dwayne Wade and that, that whole discussion right now. I feel like they've kind of gone back and forth at each other over the years. We'll but, watch this part too, because this started as like an ESPN debate, like, five years ago or three, four years ago, whatever it was. And then it got brought back up on the, it is what it is with Cameron and Mace, which is a fucking hilarious show. I I'm not too familiar with that show. I, I consume it only on like very quick hits on, uh, on Twitter and stuff like that. Oh, same, but I think that's the way that show is best is, is best digested <laughs> for sure. But I, I don't want to talk about Pierce and Wade. What I do want to talk about is I saw somebody tweeted out like in their prime, at their peak, who would you pick? And it was like, I think it was uh, T-Mac, Pierce, Wade. And, and Mello. And Mello, right? I think I saw the one. Yeah, I think it actually didn't have Wade and it had Paul George in there. Okay, Paul George. And if your answer is not T-Mac in that, then I don't know what you're thinking. Tracy McGrady, in my opinion, for at least one year, 
was the best two guard in the NBA. And that was when Kobe Bryant was in the NBA. I think, I think T-Mac really was that great of a player mm-hmm. early on in his career, had some injuries that kind of slowed him down a little bit, but there, there were one or two year period. I don't know exactly, probably like 2001, 2002 ish, um, where T-Mac was really that dude. Um, so if your answer was not T-Mac there, uh, go back, watch some film. Tracy McGrady was that dude. That's all I got to say. Yeah. But well, we reference we reference similar. We didn't touch on that exact post that you're talking about that was going around. Uh, but do mention T Mac and Mello in the frames of mm-hmm. this debate between Paul Pierce and Dwayne Wade. So with that said, on the other side, Paul Pierce versus Dwayne Wade. Let us know what you think. Welcome in to another edition of Green with Envy Quick Hit Style. We're coming at you fast and furious here on our YouTube channel. One topic semi-daily or daily depending on how we feeling you know it all just depends and today i got my guy adam taylor here riding with me and today we have a really fun topic that we want to get into we're going to talk about paul pierce versus dwayne wade and this all resurfaced because this was an old espn debate before well we all know what happened to paul pierce on ESPN, right? So it's an old ESPN debate that resurfaced during his appearance on It Is What It Is, hosted by Cameron and Mace. So let's check out the clip, and then and then we'll jump into it. Put Shaq on my team. Put LeBron and Bosh with me. I'm not going to win one? You don't think? You put that's me, that's LeBron, and Bosh. Yeah. We can't get we're not gonna win one. Yeah, we're not gonna win a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so I'm saying that's though. That's true. That's true. So I'm saying though, like, right. like who's the better three-point shooter? Yeah, yeah. Is he is he a better scorer? Is he a better scorer? Okay, he averaged more points than me career. I can shoot the three. He's a better slasher. I can post up. I can get to the line. Who a better score? So you know what it is? And I, no, I'm, I'm totally... Yeah, no. it's just he was fancier. Yeah, yeah it was just That's he was fancier. That's all I'm saying. No, what I'm going to say Let's is... Let's break it down. No, well, I was about to, I'm about to give you a props. But I, it's this because what happened is this. It's a good topic. A hundred percent good topic because... Way was better two-way, though. What happened is that... Dwayne Wade is flashy. He right. slashes everything. And what I seen was Doc Rivers say something about you one time. And it was like preseason when y'all practice and do other things. He's like, these young boys come in there and think Paul is slow, think he can't jump, think he's not athletic. And his skill set is so amazing, pause, that he kills them before the season even starts. And they think they're going to come in there and do that. So... Dwayne Wade looks more fancy. He dunks, he jumps around, but you have a great, yeah, but you have a great skill set. And I'll give you that. And what you made was great points. If you had Shaq for a year, you may win a championship. If you got Boston LeBron, definitely don't want to come on. Come on now. Whatever, quite Mason, you're going to say something, Murder. Yeah, and I don't want this to be a knock burst way. No, no, it's not. It's not a knock burst way. But I was just saying, like, I think. We in the barbershop. Yeah, we got For a long time, my skills went unappreciated because I didn't get to play with a lot of great players. Yeah. And then I got to play with KG and Ray past a prime. Okay. If four years earlier, you put me, Ray and KG together, you think we ain't walking away with three chips? Right. That's real. Adam. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who's fancier? Tell me what you think right now. Let's let, let's have some fun with this. Paul Pierce versus Dwayne Wade. Where you at? You know, Dwayne Wade gets the style points, right? Like everything Wade did was you fancier. <laughs> yeah, you fancy. It's uh... cracking me up. But by the way, that show it is what it is is hilarious, man. I've that, really enjoyed that show. Oh my! Have you seen the one segment they do where and Cam kind of talked about it? There's like pause, and it happens earlier in this episode. I was watching other clips of it where um, they were asking Paul Pierce about Jason Tatum. And he was like, man, Jason Tatum's hard. And immediately <laughs> Mason Cam go, oh, he going to pause early. He got an early pause. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so Dwayne Wade's flashier. He's, he's a more flashy player. He was way more explosive than Pierce was during his prime when both were in their prime. I agree with what Pierce is saying. Like, Pierce's skill set was more versatile than what Wade's was in terms of, like, he was more of a free-level scorer than what D-Wade was. I'm not saying that D-Wade was better. I'm not saying that Pierce was better. That, and this is the argument that I hate, right? Oh, how many rings did he have? Like, let, Let's judge someone's entire body of work over how many championship rings they had. That That's soft to me. Like, Some of the greatest players in history didn't have a ring. Even modern history, right? If we want to just keep it to the last 25 years, Vince Carter didn't have a ring. Was Vince Carter not elite? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I, some... I mean, I, let me push back on it a little bit because I think for me, it shouldn't be the end all be all, but I do think it's a separator, like it's a differentiator, right? And then I do think a little bit of it gets to who you were when you got that ring. And then, and then this is this is nitpicking, but this is what you do when this is the same thing right now. If you look at the modern NBA, we're trying to figure out who are the top five guys in the league, right? Because I say a guy is eight and I say a guy's five. There's really not that big of a difference between those guys, but maybe this one guy is elevated because they've had certain postseason success or certain, you know, situations in which they've been allowed to do more. So I, you know, I, I think it matters, but I think the context around it matters as well. And I don't think it's necessarily the end all be all. And that ends up in, I think this is where I wanted to go with this conversation because I think, Potentially in this combo and in a lot of historic combos, who is the better player and who had the better career are sometimes two different questions. Yeah, and I think people get those lost sometimes as well, right? Like if you look at Dirk, for example, one ring in his career, but he had a ridiculous career. I mean, how many all stars did he have? Yeah, but one ring, right. I would never look at him and try and disparage what he did. It's the same as I'm like, as you said, context is everything for a lot of Paul Pierce's career in Boston. He just didn't have yeah, the 14 time all star for yeah. 
Pierce didn't have the supporting cast around him for a long time in Boston. Now, that's similar to what Dirk had in Dallas as well. You know, sometimes they had enough talent to go on a playoff run, but not enough to kind of see it through. Pierce had that same thing. And I think that's the argument he's making, right? Like, yo, Wade got more rings because Wade had better talent around him for a longer stretch of time. Like, Wade's first ring came, I think, what was it, his sophomore year or his third year with Miami? And that was like, I'm Something pretty like sure that, that was the Alonzo right morning yeah. year with Miami. Um, no, the Shaquille O'Neal. No, Shaquille O'Neal came in. Yeah, that his, was the, his yeah. third year in the league. Yeah. So you've got that. You've got that season. Then you've got three seasons with LeBron, Bosch, and whatever. Pierce gets one. I'm, I, I don't, and I think that context means everything, right? Like you look at Damian Lillard. If he doesn't get a ring in his career, it's not because he wasn't great. It's because Portland just didn't figure out how to build around him and give him the talent he needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I, I mean, you're, my take on it. It's my stance. No, I mean, I, I, listen, I don't think there's a wrong answer in this. I, I I will say, so let me just give a quick tale of the tape of what actually happened. Just a quick, quick snapshot. I'm using basketball reference here. So both of these guys are Hall of Famers. Paul Pierce, 10-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, got a Finals MVP, obviously won that championship in 2008, 98-99, All-Rookie Team, and a member of the 75th Anniversary Team. Dwayne Wade, soon to be in the Hall of Fame. Not in the Hall of Fame yet, but will be there, obviously. 13-time All-Star, 08-09 scoring champ, three-time champ, eight-time All-NBA, three-time All-Defense, 03-04 All-Rookie, also has a Finals MVP from 05-06, and was also a member of the 75th Anniversary Team. So, I love Paul. I think Paul's awesome. I do think the answer here is Dwayne Wade. I I really do. And I think it's, I think both, I said before, you know, I think it's career and I think it's, you know, who just was the better player? Like what did they actually do on the court? So let's just start with career. I think Paul's totally fair in his assessment that, yeah, my career might've been different if it has other things. And you brought up Vince Carter. I think Vince Carter, I think Tracy McGrady, um, you know, Carmelo. I think those are three other guys that you could look at. And it's like, all right, who were their Shaqs, LeBrons, Boshes? And they didn't really have that. You know, Pierce obviously got it, like he mentioned, at the tail end where, you know, he got KG and Ray and all three of them were kind of near or at just past their prime, right? But it was collectively kind of the three of them plus the ascension of Rondo that made them such a formidable team for, you know, five years which is really probably two years longer than they really had as like a strong unit you know like they really scratched together those last couple of years and so i think it's completely fair that like if he had had you know Shaq and lebron and bosch his career probably would have been different the one thing that i do think and this is where i think the context of certain championships you get matters is i think you know i think Shaq when when he went to miami and was with dwayne wade Dwayne Wade was still the number one on that team. Shaq was the bigger name. Dwayne Wade was the best player on that team. Dwayne Wade won the finals MVP. Dwayne Wade was insane despite, you know, there's, there's, you can go back and there's a bunch of issues with the foul calls and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, Dwayne Wade was amazing. And so he was that undisputed, at least to me, A1 on that championship team. I think when Paul and KG got together, they were clearly the two best on the Celtics in that 08 run. And I think KG at that point in his career to where Shaq was is probably similar points of like, if this is the top of the hill, they're just, they're, they're here. You know, they're heading down the slope, but they're not too far from the peak. You can still see the peak, but because it, it can pop up every now and then, but they're not quite at their peak. And, you know, like, I, I, I mean, Paul and KG were more of, I think, maybe equal footing. And maybe I'm, I'm giving too much credit to Dwayne, to Dwayne Wade on this, but I think part of it yeah. was 
you know, he's like, he was like 24 years old. Like he was super young when they had that team together. So it, for me, like I, like I think Paul does get besmirched a little bit with his, you know, career accolades because they're up there. But I do think the answer for me in this, in this particular instance is Dwayne Wade, both from a career and then I think as who's the better skill set player, that's, I think, is a little bit more debatable. I think I lean Dwayne Wade, which one of my favorite parts of that clip, Adam, was when uh, I think it was Cameron said that D Wade was the better two way player. And you, yeah. see, you see Paul Pierce's face. He was just he, he, he stopped smiling. He it stopped being such a joke for just a minute where he was like, and you could tell in his head, he's like, you motherfucker. What you, <laughs> <laughs> you could tell he had those. So, so here's the thing, right? I think one. Something that's really hard to kind of quantify for me in my head when we're doing these conversations is when we're talking about skill sets, we're also talking about the style of basketball in that era. So yeah. this was all before the pace and space, you know, three-point heavy analytical movement really took hold, where post-work has kind of become a, a driving force towards facilitating analytically good shots, right? Yeah. Back then, Pierce could do some work in the post, turn around, hit a fadeaway. If we're talking about what was a better skill set then, yeah, Dwayne Wade all day long, he could pressure the rim, he could penetrate, mm -hmm. he could explode in after dunk. He could just, he fit that era of basketball and era of interior play a lot better than what Paul Pierce did. Paul's like, who had the better skill set? I could shoot the three, I could work in the post. That's more now, right? You can run those three-point actions. You can put guys on the post, ask them to play their back to the basket and run handoffs or face up and shoot. That's now. I think that for the era, yeah, it was Dwayne Wade. And I'm going to be honest, I preferred watching Dwayne Wade play over Paul Pierce just because I like that penetration. It's kind of, yeah, it's fancy. It's kind of like... <laughs> a, so fancy in this instance feels like, um, you know, in the new season of Ted Lasso where you've got... It's poopy. It's a bit poopy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fancy. It's poopy. Um, yeah, man. I'm I'm gonna have to say that Pierce is right, but he's also wrong. Yeah, he's he's right to bring up the context of which both of their careers played out. But I think the answer to me, who's the better career and who's the better player, it's probably Dwayne Wade. But but just so we're clear, I think when we're looking at these guys, like I said, they both made the NBA 75th anniversary team. I think, you know, and I'd have to do like an official deep dive list. And obviously there's a lot of guys from yesteryear that I would have trouble ranking appropriately. But, you know, we're probably looking at Dwayne Wade somewhere in like the, you know, 30 to 40th greatest players of all times. And Pierce is in that, you know, maybe 45 to 55 greatest players of all time. Like when you think about 75 years of NBA basketball, that's not a whole hell of a lot of a difference. So both of these guys had amazing careers. But, you know, I agree with Cam and Mace. This is fun barbershop talk, right? These are the conversations that when you're kicking it at the barbershop or with your boys having a drink and, you know, you start spitting some shit, this is the type of conversations that are fun to have. I just want to put it out there that Paul Pierce has got by far the better post-career highlight reel. <laughs> that is all facts and if yeah and just so you guys know out there there are websites that can help you have that type of fun too just ask uncle paul he's got the hookup for you that's going to go for him for a day y'all <laughs> for a day just for a day <laughs> kevin, while on a showtime be... live stream not giving a fuck <laughs> yo i don't want to talk to kevin i want to talk to ticket 
That's what we want to talk to. We want to talk to Ticket too, Paul. That's what we want to talk to as well. But appreciate y'all for joining us here. This is a Green with Envy quick hit. Make sure you are follow, subscribe us on our YouTube page. We'll also be putting some of these up on our um, podcast feed as well. Most of these are going to stick to YouTube, though. So make sure you are following us here, and we will have other clips going around on our social medias. As always, appreciate y'all joining us. Adam, this has been a fun one, man. We'll talk again soon. I want to speak. Thank you.
Our minds with true things and beauty.